I bought a new bikini for this trip, so I have to use it, whether the water is freezing or not. Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this here- is oh. to talk. Brennan, you go ahead. I, I messed up. <laughs> I was so ready to talk. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're here to talk about Lake Placid 3 from 2010. But first, let's do some 10-word reviews of movies we watched in the past uh, couple weeks. Okay. So, um, I'm just going to read it as is on my paper. Brennan, you can explain anything you feel the need to. Okay. Annabelle Creation comes home. <laughs> A yeah. doll... A doll tortures some white people that deserve it again. Fair enough. And yeah, um, that is a per- that is kind kind of an inside joke. But for anyone who listens to the uh, podcast Linoleum Knife, which is hosted by two uh, gay married film critics who I love, um, one of them seems to think that Annabelle's name is Annabelle Creation, and he keeps talking about how he can't wait for the new Annabelle Creation movie to see what Annabelle Creation is up to next. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just become a joke that he th- that he says that, but it, it's very charming and pleasing to me, and mm-hmm. Sergio has taken it on as well. Yes, I have. And my review of Annabelle Comes Home is dispenses with the convoluted bullshit backstory, much to its benefit. Ooh, okay. Okay, so Child's Play 2019. A decent remake shines a light on an old favorite. And my review is, better than you'd think, but not enough to deserve its existence. Fair enough. Team Um, Don Mancini. I know, me too. Uh, So, the hot chick. Uh, Rob Schneider's magnus opus was the gender-bending movie 2002 deserved. Okay, that's a lot to unpack. My review is, a black mark on the good name of Freaky Friday. Okay. Why did we watch the hot chick? Because we wanted to laugh, and laugh we did. Um, we we did. I think you laughed quite a bit. You laughed at my consternation at the fact that he was not acting like Rachel McAdams, but rather some imaginary idea of what a chick would act like. Much in the same way that Zachary Levi is transparently not playing the same character in Shazam that like the kid playing Billy Batson is playing. It's mm-hmm. like they're two completely different characters. Look, these aren't Shakespearean trained actors, okay? They're not putting on the same... They're not putting on the performance you would expect. They're uh-huh. giving you something different. <laughs> and we have to thank them for that. I will never thank Rob Schneider for anything. <laughs> what about the animal? Never seen it. Oh, well, I know what we're I watching next I imagine he Friday. also doesn't act like the animals act. Look, the animal was good enough to get a sequel. Did okay? it? Really? I don't know, maybe... Okay, I don't think it did. I feel like that was his first movie, and then he was allowed to continuously keep becoming things. <laughs> Just other things he isn't. Yeah, so I feel like it it got sequels, I even think if indirectly. The spiritual sequel is probably Loquisha on Amazon. Oh, no. let's. We're not going to touch that. Continue. <laughs> we're here to review Lake Placid, Brennan. Yeah. Here is the plot of Lake Placid 3 as right off the back of the DVD. And spoiler alert, I think I'm actually going to keep this one. <laughs> okay. Because um, I've sold the other two DVDs. Um, get ready for a living feeding nightmare. Oh, that's that's rough. That's rough copy. <laughs> when a swarm of gigantic crocodiles terrorizes a secluded country lake. When local wildlife is brutally mauled and campers are reduced to carcasses. Biologist Nathan Bickerman, Colin Ferguson, knows a voracious predator is on the loose. So does a feisty female hunting guide, Yancey Butler, out for her next trophy. As the body count rises, the local sheriff tries to keep things quiet and keep the tourists coming. Not really. That doesn't sound accurate at all. No, that's just Jaws. They just stole from the back of Jaws. 
But when the horrifying hulking truth emerges, can anyone stop these cold-blooded killers before they claim their next victim? Lake Placid 3 is pulse-pounding, adrenaline-pumping, pure horror film fun. Yay! That sounds like fun. It was fun. It was? Um, Yeah, but first I want to mention, for some reason, the actor they didn't credit is the guy playing the sheriff. It's Michael Ironside, the most famous person in this movie, who we are seeing for the second time since Children of the Corn Revelation, the worst of them all, the one that was just in the apartment building and people kept falling off the roof Mm -hmm. into some corn. Was he a sheriff in that too? No, he was that guy who was standing by like the train tracks and then he showed up in one scene to tell her all the exposition and then left. Oh yeah, I remember that. What a what a movie! More than one horror movie. Oh god, yeah. I mean, look, Michael Ironside is a horror icon, like a character actor icon. He was Mm -hmm. in Scanners. He was in Hello Mary Lou Prom Night Two. He's been around the block a million times, but you know, he's at this point in his career. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, sure, I'll do Lake Placid Three. But also, Colin Ferguson, um, the handsome man lead of this movie. Um, he was also in More Tales of the City, which we watched and is on Netflix now, right? I believe so. Um, but also he's in some some show called Eureka. But he's like, oh, he's handsome in a very oval way. He's like a very handsome oval of a man. I would say he's just handsome. But he's, Brennan he's feels got a very to qualify or quantify or whatever. He's got a very tall countenance. I think it's gaunt. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Um, anyway, we rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. What's your scariness score for Lake Placid 3? Scariness score is going to have to be a two. Really? Yeah, it wasn't that scary. Okay, but why not a one? Oh, I always feel like the need to give it, like, it tried, sort of. Did it, though? I don't know. It's The fact that it exists as a horror movie, like tells me that I should give it high marks on being scary, even if it wasn't scary. That's but it's like, how much br- did I enjoy the thrills in this movie? At about a two. Okay. Were you, okay, so were you tense at all during any of these? No. See, yeah. No. I mean, I did yell quite a bit at the movie, at the TV, um, but... But just because of the white people wreaking havoc upon small businesses? <laughs> yes. They truly are the greatest threat to America's economy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm giving this a one out of five. I mean, that is the scariest thing of just their almost callous disregard for other people's property Um. and businesses. Like they're hiding from the crocodile and they have to break into a closed grocery store, even though their house is literally in walking distance because God, the geography of this movie is out of control. You might remember last time when I complained that the lake was always in the background, no matter how far they drove Mm -hmm. this one. Everything is within biking distance of each yeah. other. Geography seems to undulate mm-hmm. because dad leaves in the morning to go investigate something at the lake. Um, it takes him hours to drive to the lake. But in the meantime, his son bikes to the lake and gets there before he does. Yeah. And he leaves hours later. It makes mm-hmm. no sense. Well, I mean, to be fair, like a bike has access to roads that a car does not. No. So he can go indirectly. Let's not be fair. This is hours. Hour. He should... I don't know that it's hours. We don't know that what the dad was doing or not. He could have been no, in other parts. No, you're right. But just like, you know, the, this movie does have the vertigo shot where, you know, um, everything seems to like elongate in the frame. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's just how the entire geography of this town is. <laughs> it just gets longer when it needs to. Yeah. Because um, like we couldn't possibly run home a place that's, I believe, across the street from this grocery store. Yeah. We have to break into Dimitri's Greek-American market, which is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then watch Dimitri get eaten by a crocodile as he tries to defend his business. Yeah. And then they just smash their car into a gas station. To be fair, those people deserved it because mm-hmm. they pranked the cops by calling in a crocodile sighting, but it was just a dude dressed as a crocodile. Mm-hmm. And the cops like, stop wasting my time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The movie really does kind of want you to hate the working classes, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you get Dimitri, he's supposed to be a dick character who's like a, an asshole to the boy, even though the boy did steal like $200 worth of meat Yeah, from him. he's pulling a meat heist at this grocery store to feed his crocodile pals. Uh-huh. And then Dimitri's like, you are a bad kid and I will, you're banned or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the same thing with his nanny. Uh, oh. Deepa? Vika. Vika. We need to move on to campiness before we talk about Vika. Okay. What is your score for this movie? For campiness? Yeah. I give it a four. Oh, yeah, me the too. The movie leaned in hard into the campiness. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I feel like between this one and Final Destination 3, like there's a, the camp level is up and the scary level is down. Oh, yeah. No, look, when you're at the third film in a franchise, you really have to rely on, you know, the little franchise connections. Like, this movie, for some reason, follows the bickerman bloodline uh-huh. <laughs> where it's like betty white's nephew and his family uh-huh. um and also you know just be like silly and crazy and over the top but let's talk about vika the nanny for the child whose name is connor right yeah okay connor. Uh, <laughs> introduce me to this character sergio all right so vika is a nanny we don't see her in like the opening. She comes in a little bit later. Well, yeah, she was. She's not present in the first scene because her dog had an anxiety attack, and she's at the vet. Mm-hmm. And she's supposed to be a really just like bad nanny, she and she smokes. is. <laughs> she smokes on the job. She doesn't really do a good job of like scaring Connor. Although to be fair to her, Connor doesn't really listen to anybody. Um, oh no, Connor's a monster. Yeah, he's uh, the true crocodile. Yeah, he's the reason this whole movie happened. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. She. Struggles quite a bit to survive. Um, what else can I tell you about Vika? She's how, also... How does she speak, Sergio? She is... She speaks with an accent. Brennan did some research and... Well, okay. Clearly, I'm not doing justice no, to you're this not. introduction. Let me, let me take the wheel on this Okay, go ahead. She is a the only person in this movie that was shot in Bulgaria who is deeply Bulgarian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is... I mean, this movie is set in Maine, and it's just this completely random bulgarian nanny who is i don't know how she got this job like you said she smokes and watches tv she lets the kid just run out of the house constantly without chasing him Mm -hmm. um she hides her cigarettes in his backpack to blame him for the cigarettes Mm -hmm. i did like that oh god but she's like condor you're home now you need to take bath She's very Constantine from the Muppets. Mm-hmm. And then when, when he leaves, she's like, Connor, you forgot to take bath. <laughs> and then she's like, go to room. You're grounded. And just it's very Bulgarian. And yet she's also kind of playing Paris Hilton with the little purse dog. Yeah. And oh, this would have been released during the height of Paris's like fame, right? This was like 2010. Oh, never mind then. Because I thought I definitely well, okay. thought she was channeling some of those Paris vibes. Paris mania had just hit Bulgaria at the time. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. She was fascinating. Uh, but according to her IMDb profile, Bianca Illich, the actress, is one of the most well-known and versatile actresses in Bulgaria. So congrats to her. Mm. Um, it was just, look, I'm not making fun of the fact that a Bulgarian person exists in the world Mm -hmm. because of course, um, it just feels very out of place in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's, it's bizarre. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Anyway. So that's that. That's that on Vika. Uh-huh. Um, she was funny. Her... Every time she's on stage, it's pretty... On stage? On screen. It's pretty funny. Um, so at one point, she decides that she's going to chase Connor down, right? Because she Oh, yeah, like, but to the lake. Yeah. Yeah. So she chases him to the lake. It's at this lake that her dog gets eaten, unfortunately. R.I.P. dog. Um, and then she gets attacked by a crocodile. And we're not exactly sure how she gets attacked. We just know that, like, half her face is kind of mauled. She's just covered in strawberry jam, like her whole left side. Yeah. Um, and then she goes like walking or limping to the to the cottage to survive. Mm. Oh, man. And then her death scene is pretty funny because at this point, everybody's aware that the crocodiles are, are back. Yeah. Um, and her death scene is funny in that it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. She seem th- she has locked the people out of the cabin, which yeah. baller move, by yeah. the way. Uh-huh. Um, and she's inside. There's like a two interior doors. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like I guess like a mud room or something. Uh-huh. Um, but she's locked both doors. She's behind the second one. The family enters the first one, but they seem to be in the same room as her. But they never share a frame with her. Mm-hmm. And she gets eaten, but then later they're still they still have the door closed and the crocodile's not there. It's very the geography. Like I said, it's undulating. Yeah, you can't really be sure what exactly is happening, and you're never really certain of the structure of any of the buildings. Really, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, they really didn't give a crap about continuity in this movie. No, although I will say the front door entryway of the Bickerman household is like exactly the same. I don't know if they were using the same set or what, but it's uh-huh. it's been accurate for three movies, which is intriguing because mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing else is really connecting these movies yeah um suffice to say she gets eaten by a crocodile oh yeah and we're supposed to be kind of happy that this incompetent nanny dies even though you know taking care of a kid who's feeding crocodiles i'm sure was not in the job description well yeah but not letting him just run off and leave the house and pull a meat heist at a supermarket is part of her job that kid was just bad news i am sorry that was a bad kid well, I think he he belongs to the the Fey. Like he's a member of the like. You're saying he's gay? Oh no, absolutely not. Oh, okay, I would not claim him as part of my community. Um, no, I'm, like the F A E, like the fairy folk. Like he has some sort of magical elf powers because two years pass after the prologue of this movie, and this kid has not aged a single second. Oh no, he they he he aged a little bit. You mean his hair grew? <laughs> yeah. Well, not even his hair grew. They let his hair grow like show on screen because the first time we see him he has a little hat on uh-huh and then, <laughs> it's like two years later the hat is gone and the hair is down yeah so that's what they did that's how they aged him god and the the thing do you think it's like a picture of dorian gray scenario where if he or like may, hit that plus samson where like all of his age is going into his hair so if he cut his hair he'll just rapidly age to what he's supposed to look like and he's like 30 Ooh, that's a very interesting take um you know, maybe that's best reserved to fiction, Brennan, um, <laughs> than to character assessment. But I like it. Thank you. Let's talk about my other favorite character, Reba. Dimitri. Reba. Oh, okay. <laughs> the big game hunter. She was in a movie all her own. She. There was two movies going on at this time, though. Oh, yeah. Especially her first introduction comes out of nowhere. Let, let me yeah. paint you a picture, Sergio. We're watching a movie about the hot dude from More Tales of the City and his annoying wife and his extra annoying child mm-hmm. just kind of, I don't know, talking around each other and not paying attention to each other. And then all of a sudden, 
While they're all out doing their lake-related antics with crocodiles, it cuts to just a bar that we've never seen before. Yep. A woman we've never seen before mm-hmm. balls up a $10 bill, throws it on the ground, tells the cute barkeep, hey, go pick that up, and then pinches his ass while he does it, and then he smiles and leaves. Mm-hmm. End of scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're like, who is this intoxicating woman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to know more about this. Um Criminal? <laughs> she, yeah. That was a sex crime. Um, but it's Reba is a fascinating character. Yeah. She, in the parlance of the Scream 101 universe, we would call her a Mona. Um, this is back when Shannon was on. But a Mona is it's based off of I Madman. She's kind of like an earthy woman with like a raspy voice, like a smoker's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, she's fascinating. I just love her. She's such a monster. She tells a story about shooting a giraffe at a zoo that she worked at. And she didn't even get fired. She just got demoted to the gift shop. Yeah, that, that was is, pretty funny. <laughs> that is power. What was even funnier was her weird rationale. Did it make sense to you for shooting up the animals? No. But she was like, I shot it up in a cage. And the guy was like, that's unfair. And she was like, that was my point. It was like a critique or, or some kind of art piece or performance art. I don't know. She's just salty she's the she she is truly like i know we have the bickerman family here but she truly has that like bickerman lifestyle of just not giving a shit Mm -hmm. about anything yeah and she is probably the most well no she is the most badass character of this movie so yeah the reason why she's there um and this ties into the campiness is because uh there are other characters that we have yet to introduce to this movie oh god you mean the love triangle yeah so there's this there's four campers, um, including this one girl. She is well. There's two girls. Yeah, but f- including this one girl, like okay. so we don't even know the other one. Okay, yeah. Um, well, except except when she's reading a magazine on the beach, and then when her friends come back after she's been eaten by the crocodile, they see her magazine floating in the water, and they're like, "No, not the magazine! Oh no, Ellie's favorite magazine! How could this be? She couldn't possibly have wandered off and let it fall into the surf or whatever." Uh-huh. <laughs> they're very perturbed about the magazine. Yeah, that was really interesting. Okay, fine. So there's two girls. Okay, sorry. Tell um, me about the first girl. The most important. She's like leaving a breakup or something. She's trying to get away from her boyfriend who she thinks cheated on her. Uh-huh. Um, and she's with this. It's a grad real midsummer situation. Yeah, she's with this grad student who took her camping. And so the grad student's trying to get into her pants because that's what men do, ladies. They just, that's what they want. <laughs> um, they only want one thing. Yeah. And she's like kind of like on the verge of giving it to him, but also still in love with her lover. Uh-huh. Um, but little to her knowledge, her lover is hiring Reba to track her down on this camping excursion so he can set the record straight and let her know that he is a sane boyfriend who does not cheat on his girlfriend, but, but hires a bounty hunter to find her. <laughs> yeah, it's really problematic. Um, although this boy and also the, bo- the like both boys in the love triangle are doofy looking in this movie, but grew up hot in the intervening nine years. Mm-hmm. Look up their IMDb profiles. Um the one who lied to her about her boyfriend cheating on her, his name, the actor's name is Niels Hognestad, and he's very hot, and also he's gay, and I'm very happy about both of those things. Okay, good for you. Um, one other thing. Okay. Uh, the boy who hired Reba, Reba is using some kind of weird tracking thing oh, to, yeah. I guess, eavesdrop on phone calls or something? No, it's a, it looks like a TV antenna, but supposedly it tells you where animals are? I don't know. Because um, Colin Ferguson uses it earlier, too. Yeah. Um, and he, she's using that to track 
the girlfriend and then he's really upset about it he's like isn't that cheating and she's like do you want me to track their footprints like homie you didn't hire me for a super authentic experience you hired me to find the girl well okay at that point she was because there were two hunters with them too and she was mm-hmm. trying to look for the animals with that mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't care about cheating to find the girlfriend because mm-hmm. he wants to find her i think they were still trying to find the girlfriend i don't think they were trying to find animals no because she was with the two big game hunters and they were looking for stuff to shoot okay i thought they were part of her team no, they also hired her. Like, oh. the three men all wanted to go on this hunting excursion. That was unclear. It was very clear. It was not clear. Attention. It was not clear. Because it felt muddled or muddied at the same time. Well, because she f- seemed to be closer to, that, to them than to him. Um, because well, I originally thought that he brought them with him and that they were hiring her together, which I guess is true. Um, but then she also seemed to be more sad that they were dying. And she's like, my men died. I mean... I mean, she they are under her care as mm. swamp guide or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't know. Let's not think about whatever. That yeah, the campiness is high with the with this group. I actually have I have more campiness to share. Uh-huh. I'll kind of blast through some of them because this is going to be you know just we'll just build a little house in campiness because this is where this whole episode's going to live. Mm-hmm. Um, there is so, so, I don't remember who, but someone quotes Jerry Maguire, but he does it completely wrong. He says. What? It was um, the grad student. The grad student? Mm-hmm. Okay. But he Noodles. said... Noodles? Noodles. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but he said, you had me after hello. That's not what the line is, and nobody notices. Um, again, maybe that's how it was translated into Bulgarian. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, also, there is a running, well, quote-unquote joke about how elk is a weird name for things that are just deer they're like that thing what was it called an elk yeah they really do not seem to care about the fact that it's called an elk it's not that hard of a word yeah it's a thing we've heard of it's not like he's giving you like the weird latin name of the deer Mm -hmm. it's just like they cannot fathom that an elk exists and they just keep calling it like that weird deer thing and the guy's like it's an elk elks are real yeah it's very strange Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, also, there's the requisite sex couple who's not related to anything and just gets uh, eaten by the crocodiles at some point. They were so fun, though. They, I love You're that. doing them injustice, Brennan. How do we see this sex couple? No, I was, I was going to keep going. Okay, Brennan. Like, upon further suggestion, upon uh-huh. my uh-huh. additional insight, Brennan, what well, happened? Okay. They go, first, they go skinny dipping in the stagnant lake water, which makes me want to throw up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, maybe lakes are great. I've never actually been to a lake. Um, but it just does not look like a It just clear... seems like you're going to get a bacterial infection. It seems fully like a swamp. But like maybe a that's yeast just is going to happen. Yeah, it's not good. Um, but anyway, they're having sex on the shore of this lake, um, and his feet are just in the water <laughs> while they're sexing. She's on top, for the record. That's cowgirl, right? I don't know what straight people do. Yeah. Okay. That's what they're doing. Um, the, the crocodile, he's like, oh, something nibbled my feet. And she was like, stop being such a jerk. Well, mm-hmm. not jerk. She makes some sexist jokes. She's like, mm-hmm. if you keep talking like that, you're going to start lactating. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so the crocodile starts to drag him into the ocean. Oh, no. I, as a Californian, am not capable of thinking of this as a lake. I don't understand what a lake is. <laughs> okay. So she drags him into the lake. Yeah. The crocodile starts to drag him into the lake, but it in the process of this, it pushes his face into her crotch, and she's like, that's what I've been talking about. Good. You're finally learning. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that I thought was very funny. That was really funny because it's like, okay, good for you, girl. You got yours. Yeah. As your boyfriend is being eaten by this croc because then he gets whooped 
into the lake. Yeah. And then he gets eaten. And she gets she seems just kind of pissed about it and uh-huh. not like horrified. She's like, "Hey." Yeah, she doesn't run away from the water. Um she just kind of stays there and like lets the crocs eat her. And eat her they do. They sure do. And this was at the beginning of the movie. This was our entryway into it. And this is when the crocs were smaller. And they kind of oh, look yeah. like, or not look like, but they act like piranha crocs. They really do. Also, okay, let me ask you a very important question. What? How many crocodiles are in this movie? Who knows? Who could possibly care? I was under the impression that it was four for some reason. Uh-huh. But I feel like that's irrelevant. It's somewhere between two and 92. <laughs> it was a lot. Because... I think, look, there are two, like, lead crocodiles, but I think there's at least three. There's but like, also, I saw, like, eight baby crocodiles. Yeah, there was, like, four small ones and then one big one, right? Wasn't that, like, something that was revealed? I have no idea. This movie is so inconsistent with anything. Yeah. Um, speaking of, people keep pausing to have dramatic moments in the middle of crocodile attacks. Like, when the guy finally reunites with his girlfriend, they, like, kiss and make up. And he's like, I never cheated on you. It was all a lie. And she's like, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's a crocodile inches from you. Please. Mm-hmm. We can handle this later. Or, like, when, when the mom of the family, the, a crocodile has already broken in through the window. And she and the son were hiding in the bathroom. And the crocodile retreated to go, I don't know, to go eat someone else. But... Just minutes later, she's just lying on the bed in the bedroom underneath a ceiling fan, just kind of like looking with just filled with ennui. She's like, oh, no. Um, it's her dramatic moment. It was. Oh, you know what her dramatic moment was is when she tried to use the payphone and it wasn't working. Oh, yeah. And She slams the phone and slams the wall and slides down the wall crying. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. See, that was so bad because they're at a supermarket and it's not like supermarkets don't have phones at every fucking register um so come on now 911 will work on any phone uh-huh oh man oh two more things i just i need to get through this um but reba gets mad when she's like teasing details out of brett the the boyfriend guy to figure out what he's actually doing there mm-hmm. and she's like look you're wasting all of our time you got two men killed um you've been like you haven't been honest with us we've had to tease out all these details Mm -hmm. and have you asked even one question about me in my life (laughs) no (laughs) and that just feels so petty to pull out at that moment (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so petty and unnecessary because to be fair who needs personal details about the bounty hunter no they hired to attract their girlfriend no, and also he does accidentally shoot her at one point, and a couple minutes later they arrive at the cabin where everyone is holed up, and he's like, I said I was sorry. Oh, that was the best part. That was the best part by far, where he shoots her, and then <laughs> she's uh, he's upset. Yeah, that she hasn't forgiven it. him. <laughs> uh, that is just like a man to be like, well, I'm sorry, so why don't you, yeah. why aren't you past it already? Yeah. <laughs> And she's still actively bleeding. Yeah. The bullet's still in her shoulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's move on. Okay. What's your effects? Another okay. thing for Kevin. Okay. Is I am so happy when he gets eaten. He's the only character whose death I truly relish. Oh, yeah. Um, because he was the worst. So, effect score, you ask? Yes, I do. It's a one. Really? I'm actually giving it a three. Fine. I'll go to two. No, you can do I give it want. a two. I'm giving it a two, Brennan. Okay. And to be clear, this is quantity over quality. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I guess I'm going to give it a two if only for, like, scares. I feel the need to give it a little bit more um, okay. because the experience was enjoyable, but the effects were shit. There were oh, no yeah. good effects in this movie. Well, the CGI was shit. 
But what I what I predicted or rather hoped for kind of came true in the sense that when the CGI became less good and easier to produce, there was a lot more croc action. Because mm-hmm. the first movie has like four minutes of crocodile on screen. Mm-hmm. This movie had about, I don't know, 4,000 minutes. Yeah, um, a lot. The crocodiles are waddling around with their cute little legs. I will say there is – whenever – a major action scene happens, they start shaking the camera and cutting really jerkily, and it's really hard to watch. Um, but the boat explodes at one point. Um, they do keep one thing consistent, like Reba stabs one of the crocs in the head, but it just to get the knife gets stuck and she doesn't get it back. And then later during the croc attack, there's a little knife sticking out of his head. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's the one that she left in there. Yeah. Um, also, Oh, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but you know when people grab the back of a car bumper and skateboard? Like, while it's driving? Um, I think they just called a good time. Uh-huh. But the crocodile does that. The crocodile, like, bites the bumper of the car and gets dragged through the streets. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, the crocodiles are doing a lot of precision jumping. Like, it jumps out and just lightly just snaps a guy's head off and just, like, leaps away. Like, Adam Rippon wishes. (laughs) (laughs) The precision, mm-hmm. the efficiency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. um, I think that's it for me for effects. I don't know about you if you got anything else to add. I think that's it. What's your quality score for this movie? Um, out of sheer enjoyability and the uh-huh. fact that you're keeping it and the fact that it's like it's going to join the ranks of Final Destination and like that I would recommend it to people to watch. It's kind of a blast. It's a lot of fun. So it's gonna, I'm going to go to four. A four? Wow. I really respect that. I think I have to maybe based on shaky cam alone, which found, I found really irritating. I am giving it a three out of five, uh-huh. but I agree. This is my favorite one of them. Uh-huh. It's, you know, not a good movie. No, it's not like you need to, you need to go in knowing what this is in order to enjoy yourself. Yeah. But some of the funny stuff is actually funny. Mm-hmm. Like there's, um, <laughs> the kid looks out the window and sees the crocodiles on the lawn and his mom's like, get back from the window. They can smell you through the glass. And he was like, really? And she's like, I don't know. Just get back. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's just, it's so special. Oh, also there's a part where, um, he, uh, Colin Ferguson is at the gas station and he wants to cover the croc and gasoline, but he has to pay for gas first and he can't remember his pin number. So he asks his wife, like, what's the last two numbers of our pin? Mm. And, and that just feels such like such a natural, like funny character based joke, mm. like for a couple like that. Yeah, it was so great. I had such a good time. Like at the end of this, um, when just all the crazy mayhem was happening, I was like, you know what? Screw all other movies. I only want to watch Lake Placid 3 for the rest of my life. Well, we have how many sequels to get through? Uh, three more after three this. Three more. And question, um, is okay. this the first one that sci-fi did? I don't know. Because it did feel quite a bit like a sci-fi movie. Well, this one, I I haven't seen them credited. I don't think they take it up until either the next one or the following one. Okay. Well... I'm here for them. Oh, yeah. I'm so ready to see what more shitty CGI they can bring to this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you have any last things to say about Lake Placid 3? No. Um, it's a really good time. I'm excited for Crawl. Oh, yeah. Um, Just I, in time. Yeah. See what how alligators act in that movie. Um, yeah. Great. Um, well, here's how you can get in contact with the show. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. Email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Please give us five stars. Also, this, this, look, 
we're doing the leg work for you. Were you gonna watch Lake Placid three without us? No, but now you need to. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So next week we're gonna be watching Son of Frankenstein, which you know it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Maybe it'll keep the streak of threes going. We'll find out. Um. But also, let's make our guesses for Lake Placid, the final chapter. Um. One of a long line of horror movies that is not the final chapter of their franchise. Um, I'm going to tell you one thing that I learned about this movie. What? Reba returns. Oh, no. As an EPA agent. What? Yes. How did she get that job? Let's predict how she got that job. <laughs> Just through sheer notoriety of saving the, the lake from the crocodiles? I guess. Uh, maybe she got recommended by Burke. Because um, they did seem to know each other. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, cause she's a poacher and he hates poachers. Mm-hmm. Um, she's putting that... She was just... I don't know. She's like making up for the sins of her past. I don't know how this woman got hired by this government agency. True. I'm just upset about that. I'm sorry. Um, you know what? We Maybe we don't need guesses. That's just all we need to know. Uh-huh. And I guess I'm going to have a good time if Reba is involved. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we'll see you next week for Senator Frankenstein. Until then, please have good luck on your journey. Stay gold, everybody. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.